and welcome to episode three of the Let's Talk podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Rory Greenfield, and joining me as always is Stuart Bridson. How are you, good sir? I'm fine, thank you. And how are you? I'm good. I sound perkier than I actually am, but I'm quite excited to be doing this podcast. So and me it's... too. I, I apologise in advance for two things. Um, I've had a flu jab yesterday, so I'm a little bit sniffly. So please send all of your well wishes and cash donations to my PO box. Um, and before we delve into today's um, topic, just want to do a little bit of horrifically shameless self-promotion and ask everyone who's listening uh, to just do a few things for us if you could. If you don't already, if you could follow us on Twitter, that would be brilliant. We're trying to get those numbers up. If you could share the links on the Twitter page to the first two episodes, and of course, this episode once it's out, that would also be brilliant. Uh, if you listen on iTunes, if you could subscribe and leave us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate it. And of course, as always, if you know anyone who likes pop culture podcasts, TV, movies, games, music, and comics, and if you think they might be interested in our unique brand of bullshittery, then please do share our stuff with them, tag them on things, and let them know that we're out there, because we are trying as best we can to, to grow this, and we badly need your help to do that, so thank you in advance. That Over was really professional, man. That was really good. I'm not going mean, to lie. completely I'm... shameless whoring, which I think you've got great experience in. I think I'm... it's like one of your key subjects. Well, all of my whoring is shameless. There's no point in being a shameful whore. But no, I'm, and you've I got may... plenty of practice over the years. So oh, it's, it's so much practice, especially with Japanese businessmen in uh, <laughs> in karaoke bars. But we that that's a, that's a whole different. That's like episode four, maybe. I I, I think if we uh, that's like if we got to like episode sixty or seventy. You know when when we're kind of losing a bit of content when we're and... chain smoking with bags under our eyes and we've got nothing else to talk about apart from my dark sordid past. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's, well... it's like a, it's like a really crap Sin City spinoff. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, got a really dark edge. Like Sin City, if the budget was about forty quid. Yeah, and it's not yeah, Sin exactly. City. It's just shit city. And it's just me. It's just me knocking around karaoke bars like Tiger Tiger. It's like you are the, you with a you know me with a crap a Sony old school camcorder just recording you around the dirty streets of Manchester. Um, well, I'm um, looking forward to this one. Yeah, it sounds like a really good, interesting team night out, doesn't it? It sounds like really risky evening. Um, Wow. Yeah, if anyone actually wants to hear that then or see that, then you know, we will shamelessly do these things. Yeah, just send some more money to the PO box. Exactly. Yeah. We'll Um, we'll do anything for a couple of quid. (laughs) Um it's it's a really cool topic suggested this evening, uh initially by Zara Zaidi, a very good friend of ours, and extremely extremely excitable podcast listener. That's that's a nice way of describing her. She's very involved. Um in a lot of what we've done for the last good while. Um, and, a, and a very good friend of ours, Joey Connors, who was kind of having a discussion on our Twitter feed about this. And it's about the rise of the female superhero. And it's a big subject matter. So we will kind of get down to business. But to give you kind of overview of what we're going to talk about, touch on the kind of comic book background. Um, but for us, because... You know, female superheroes have been in the comic verse for such a long period of time, not always as prominent as they are now. 
Um, it's more about the mainstream media. So it's more about TV and movies that we're going to cover on. Um, and I think you could go back quite a way to see the influence. Obviously, TV, if we're going way back, Wonder Woman was a huge kind of TV icon um, all those years ago. Um, but things have evolved kind of since then. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Stu, I'll let you kick off, man. You can, you've got a lot of notes, a lot of points to make. So we'll, yeah, we'll I've, start, we'll go from there. I've, I've been uncharacteristically prepared for this, although it did do the preparation today about that's, an hour that's ago that's fine prep is prep yeah oh, exactly Jesus. it's more than we used to do there you go there's another t-shirt design prep is prep <laughs> if we ever actually make these t-shirts we could make literally pounds yeah, several we could, pounds pence pence going on to a pound I yeah think. yeah we'd lose a lot of money but it would you know but it, yeah. it's all profit at the end of the day it's all profit. That's not how it works. But yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's just a, a basic mathematical business tip. Um, that's not how it's going to work. But uh, yeah, we're not going to make t-shirts just yet. We were at some point going, yeah, let's make loads of merchandise and do all this shit. We got a bit carried away with things. Um, we As need we to get some to. people actually listening to this podcast. And some people are lovely and have been listening and promoting and giving us loads of good feedback. Um, and we've had more interaction with these last two podcasts than we've had in years. So, yeah, no no complaints. Um, it's but, like the yeah. underpants gnomes in South Park. Have you seen that episode? No. I it's haven't. like step one, podcast. Step two, big question mark. Step three, print t-shirts. We just need to figure out that whole Step four, bit in the domination. middle. Ixnay on the omination day. Did they do that right? Is that real pig Latin? Yeah, That's the kind I of mean, thing people saying TV, and I, uh, I wish we did pig Latin in school. You do look at things and go, look, if if that orange man in America could could run a country, I mean, running very big inverted brackets. Um, why can't you, we make you'd have a good shot man <laughs> you'd have a good shot i'd like I'd, I'd like to see i mean there'd be a lot of dogs involved in your presidential campaign do you know what i mean it would be a very oh yeah like, dogs on all the posters all and, dogs senate yeah. all dogs not a great classic picture of the dogs playing poker it'd just, just be, be them like, with just me all over the white house I, I don't know why we're in america all of a sudden why you've got that far well you but, know world domination yeah it feels like it starts with america yeah, I or think China. World domination and I couldn't see you in China. And dogs, dogs are a bit dangerous in China. I don't think we should do that. No, Wilson's just looked at me, sat on the floor, and I think he heard you say that, and his ears went up. So we're definitely all right. We're not going to China, mate. It's fine. If you've not listened to it before, this is a very small sample of what we do. We, yeah. we say we're going to go onto a topic and really hit it like full on hard. We didn't even do a new section, which was kind of in the works, but we'll come back to it next week. It's fine. Um, Okay, and well, we we just go on off massive tangents. So yeah, Stu, let's hit, let's hit it, let's do what we're supposed to do for once. Okay, well, bef- some groundwork was done before we get into the the actual superheroes. There's already been some notable groundwork done with strong female characters, both in films yes. and TV. The one that that instantly springs to mind is Hayley Atwell's Peggy Carter. She was one of the she was involved right at the beginning in Captain America. She then went on and got her own TV series. Uh, there's Jane Foster from Thor. I'm not a, not a fan of you know her the name you know the name which shall not be spoken. But she yes. was still depicted as a strong 
female character. You know, she didn't have any superpowers, but when S.H.I.E.L.D. showed up to try and take her stuff, she was trying to kick shit out of him. She wasn't just there as like a ditzy love interest for Thor. She was a strong female character. Same to be said of Pepper Potts. She's not just Tony's arm candy. She grows and she becomes the CEO of this huge multinational conglomerate. Uh, Maria Hill, who is Nick Fury's most trusted agent, his right-hand person, and his his ultimate confidant. Yeah, played by the wonderful Kobe Smulders. Uh, who we love. Who and, we love from How I Met Your Mother fame. That's and the last one who arguably could maybe fall under superhero would be Lady Sif. The, the key thing about yeah. her from the Thor films is it's Lady Sif and the Warriors 3. So she's their leader, which kind of goes some way to showing... You know, the the esteem that she's held in in Asgard, she is one of their top warriors. But then when you come down to the actual superheroes, the logical place to start seems to be with Black Widow. So she, I, she I first think so. showed up yeah. in, in Iron Man 2. Bit, bit of a bit part. Nobody really knew how big a part she was going to play in the MCU. But since then, she's been in six of the 18 films. Yeah. Um, Avengers 4 will make seven. And she's then getting her own solo film. That, that's been confirmed. It was rumoured for the last, what, two or three years. It's been written. They've got a director lined up. So Marvel are fully behind the, the Black Widow project. And you and I have said before, the one thing we want from that is we want to know what happened in Budapest. Yes. Because her and Hawkeye remember it very differently. And we need to know who's right. We 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 do, yeah. It's it's one of those things. They've got a really interesting director on board, um, Kate Shortland, who is from Australia. Um, she's been she's a writer as well. I think she's involved in the writing process, which is always always good. And they they spent a lot of time looking for the right director. They've taken a lot of time getting this movie right. So it's 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 very positive. And the big thing that came out of it recently is that Scarlett Johansson is going to be earning fifteen million dollars, which is the same as Thor and Captain America and maybe not Robert Downey Jr. because I think he commands no, a bigger Ro- fee. Robert Downey but, Jr. generally gets about fifty million. Yeah, but there's a difference. There's a difference there. I don't get, think he's quite get, as much getting as getting the same as Thor and Captain America, that in itself, that is a huge step up. She's literally going to the second tier because nobody will earn as much as Robert Downey Jr. Because no, he's all structured. Yeah. He doesn't get a flat fee. His is all percentage of gates and all the rest of it. But the fact that she's getting that, that is a huge step. And it's the kind of thing that you hope, the fact that Disney Marvel are doing this, that maybe some other people in similar positions will go. Yeah, well, I mean, Hollywood needs to on. catch up. It's ridiculous. You know, I actually it's... had an argument about this with a female friend of mine who I've known for at least 10 years. And I was having to, t- to tell her that the gender pay gap in Hollywood is a real thing. And she was saying that it wasn't. It's oh, no, most, it's 100%. It's the it's most huge argument I've ever had yeah. in my life, telling a woman, no, no, women in Hollywood are underpaid. And she's going, no, they're not. And yeah, I, I it's, just... it's, it's crazy. The, the imbalance is, is obviously very real. Um, the opportunity is, 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 is another factor. Um, female directors doing this is definitely opening doors. Her performances and the fact that if you if you break down what the Avengers is, you've got Captain America with his scientific enhancements, same with the Hulk, Robert Downey Jr. in a billion dollar piece of tech, Thor essentially a god, and then you've just got 
Black Widow and Hawkeye, these two normal, well-trained agents. And yeah. most people would probably say, on the face of it, well, Black Widow's probably going to be the bottom rung. I think I could beat up Hawkeye more than I could beat up Black Widow. Because Hawkeye's yeah, I, just, I think most he's just a hashtag like budget Hawkeye. green arrow. He's yeah. just... He, I know, but yeah, no man, I wouldn't. She she kicked the shit out of us with those those um, hit sticks, oh, man. Please, um, and and she's, I mean, she works hard for the martial arts stuff and the choreography, and she's really impressed in, in and that. And she does a lot um, of her own stunts. A yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, if you go back to Winter Soldier, which is is always ranking oh. really high in both of our, uh, she as much as as can be outside of the cap and bucky relationship and what goes on there is as pivotal as anyone absolutely she you know huge she yeah, really it's was huge role in that it's it's kind of the, the supporting role but but not far off and she was really pivotal and and she's going kind of gone from strength to strength really and i i think that film was the ma- not the making of her i mean she was already well no her character though it was yeah. the making of the character that really cemented black widow was genuine superhero material but also this fantastic agent who But you kind of knew she avengers. had an edge as well you yeah, know her, like her you, worth you, to you, the you... avengers goes far beyond the escrema sticks and the guns it's the the intelligence and the strategy that she brings to it yeah because she yeah it's great and and you did i mean in fairness in avengers you get a good taste of her background, her interaction with Loki and stuff and hinting about what went on. And you see the same in Ultron and it's good because you do know the backstory without having seen it, but there is a lot of scope for what they can do with that film. I do think it's going to be a massive success and, um, and she's a really pivotal character and, and become a massive mainstay. And a lot of people would argue there aren't enough female superheroes in the MCU. And I think they're going about, different ways to kind of write that. I think initially it was, you know, a bit of a sausage fest and it's kind of developed a little bit from there. But Um, in comic book terms, the male characters, Iron Man's Captain America, Thor are quite prominent. It's, It's hard to sometimes break that and get away from that. But then the benefit and the thing they've not had is the use of the X Men. And if you look at that going forward for Marvel, the fact that they can bring in the X Men, which is, it's almost a 50-50 split, I'd say, in terms of female um, and male. And you've had that all the way through, really prominent female superheroes. Yeah. It's going to kind of keep evolving that for, for Marvel going forward because they've got so many more characters to, to use from a comic book perspective. Yeah. And, the, the, and they've the, got Squirrel Girl. Well, obviously, Anna Kendrick of Squirrel Girl. It's the film that everybody wants, even though nobody <laughs> realizes it. Even she wants to play it. Oh, of course she does, man. She'd nail it. It'd be and, awesome. And the the big thing going forward, the the big film coming out next year, other than Avengers Four, obviously, is Captain Marvel. And um, one of the one of the key things about this, we're both big fans of Brie Larson. She brings a genuine pedigree to the role. She's very decorated with an Oscar, a BAFTA, a Golden Globe, and a SAG Award for um, the film Room that she did. There's not, which you won't have seen. Which I've not seen, but I, I can I respect anyone that wins four awards for the same film. Shit films generally don't win awards. Shit actresses and actors don't she's, win awards for the she's same She's a wonderful film. actress. Yes. She is. She's very, very talented. And the, the crucial thing about her casting as Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel has been confirmed by Kevin Feige as being the most powerful 
I don't know whether he, he didn't say person. I think he said the most powerful hero in yeah. the MCU. So you look at that now, that includes Thor, who is now uh, officially the God of Thunder and she's more powerful than him. Look at what he did in Ragnarok, the the fight on the uh, the Bifrost. Look at what he did when he landed in Wakanda in Infinity War. She's more powerful than him. Yeah. That's like a whole new fucking level of power. And it's great that it's a woman that's doing it because it would be too obvious to just go, well, Thor's the most powerful because he's big and he's got huge guns. And it is nice to see Marvel taking a genuinely progressive view. It might not... A lot of people would probably rightly say, well, it's not enough, but at least it's a start. It's a stepping stone. That, And they, they've already got stepping stones in there with the likes of Black Widow, with the work they did with, say, Agent Carter and people like that. And they, yeah. they, it's, you know, you can only walk one, you know, one foot in front of the other, can't you? If, if they tried to launch Captain Marvel... In phase one, it probably would have fallen flat on its feet because yeah, it, 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 it yeah, hadn't established himself. It hadn't established itself as a as a as a property to be able to support what probably is still a risky thing. But Wonder Woman, that we'll we'll talk about a little bit more later, really did show people that with the right script, the right casting, the right directing. There's no reason why a female-led superhero film cannot be just as good or better than a male-led or a mixed cast or an ensemble superhero film. It's It doesn't matter who the lead is as long as the cast is good and the writing is good. We say all the time, don't we? The script yeah. is everything. You know, the script what... is everything in these films, man. It is because it's the, the story in the script. So the narrative is, is as crucial in some of these films because if they don't get the structure right and it's all action and no talk, you know, no words or no narrative, no story driven, it's it's not interesting. Um, but the script is crucial. And I mean, the big thing for me about Captain Marvel um, is that you're bringing in essentially an indie actress and that's quite quite rare i mean it's a huge leap isn't it i mean you think the budget of this film compared to what she's used to it's it's yeah she's generally done i mean she was um in the greatest superhero film of all time scott Scott pilgrim Pilgrim. world Um, can i just make a side note on that i didn't realize that that scene where she where um envy adams yeah when envy is singing i didn't actually realize that that was brie larson singing I knew the song was by Metric. I believe it's Metric, isn't it? Yeah, or is Metric it did the song, but Brie Larson did actually do a recording. The one that's used in the film, that's Brie Larson singing. The one that's did, on the album is the Metric version. Did you know that Michael Sarah can play bass guitar far better than he plays in that and he dumbs it down for the film? Yeah, and also the guitarist and the drum players, they all learned how to play because they didn't want to be faking it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so there you go. There's yeah, a, there's another awesome mention for drums. another another female superhero film. There's a strong female presence in Scott Pilgrim versus. The I World. was gonna say there's two um, strong female presence in Ramona Flowers and Knives Chow. Yes. I yes. love a bit of Knives. Yeah, Knives is an awesome, awesome character. Who, Who is now a professional wrestler. She popped up in Glow last year, this year, whatever it was. Um, and I'm glad she's getting some work. 
I have tried to contact her agent and get her on this podcast. It might happen eventually in the future if anyone ever bothers to reply to me. Well, you never know. Um, if Glow doesn't get another series, then she's probably going to be... Glow has got a confirmed first series, which I'm excited about because yeah. I think it's one of the best things this well, year. Well, let's hope it gets cancelled for season four and she can come on for like episode 57 or something. Yeah, exactly. Just, just before um, we go down the uh, shit city route. Yeah, but just to kind of come back to Brie, so she is quite a left-field cast. Um, they were talking about Alicia Vikander, who went on to do Tomb Raider, um, and I kind of see what they're going with. She's she's quite a decorated actress as well. I think is nominated for an Oscar, but rather than won one. But, um, you know, you've got actresses that have kind of paved the way for things like that. Um, I know you mentioned uh, Wonder Woman, which we're going to come back to. I think... The big one for me is Jennifer Lawrence, who kind of does both. So Jennifer Lawrence has worked with David O. Russell for a lot of years, um, films like Joy and American Hustle and some uh, Silver Linings Playbook, which I think she won an Oscar for. Um, and so she's nominated for Oscars. She does indie films like that, and then she does the mainstream stuff. So she's obviously grown into this, the, the big role in X-Men. Um and also the Mockingjay stuff, uh, whatever the hell that was called. Um, Hunger Games. Huge Hunger Games series. So you do have actresses that somehow manage to to do your indie films, do your mainstream, and, and don't get caught up in one or the other. And I, and I think actually looking at actors in the MCU, I think they've struggled to do that, a lot of them. So I think it's been such an all-encompassing role that, someone like Brie Larson coming into this, it's a massive decision for her because she's coming off back of an Oscar. She's done some wonderful films. I always talk about Short Term 12, which is a really good film from a few years ago. Um, and actually, uh, thinking before the pod, and this isn't male-centric focus, but um, Rian Johnson's doing a film um, and Chris Evans has been casting it. And it's right. just interesting to see where Chris Evans goes after this because I think he's been desperate to do other films. You know, I think he's desperate to move on and do different projects. It's called Knives Out. It's a kind of detective story, and it's got like Michael Shannon and Daniel Craig in it, and Daniel Duramis, Anna Duramis, who's in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and she's incredible. Um, and it's it's a really interesting thing. Rian Johnson's obviously known for The Last Jedi, loved and hated for The Last Jedi, but um, I'm big on Looper and some of his early films like Brick. Um, and it's cool. You, you've got characters that do that. So it'd be interesting to see how it goes. But I'm just really intrigued about Brie going forward and whether she can kind of maintain this this big comic book, huge explosion into her career and then also kind of do, do what she has a passion for. So it's brave casting. And it's a big decision for her, but I think she's going to absolutely nail it. And we didn't do a reaction to the trailer because it kind of fell in between podcasts, really. But um, it looks excellent and it's going to be a huge film ahead of Avengers 4 next year I mean absolutely massive and then we know that going forward she's going to play a big role in Avengers 4 and then yeah, she'll in, kick it big time in yeah. phase 4, 5, 6 whatever she's in theory we think she's taken over the role of team leader either from Iron Man or Captain America She she's going to be very and big going forward obviously as well so. yeah and and men, speaking of Black Panther, what an, another one of the the big um, performances over the last year or so has been the Dora Milaje from Black Panther. They were very very well received, led by uh, Denai Guerrero of of Walking Dead fame. 
yeah. they, they were by far one of the most standout. And she's such a badass. I mean, she's still the probably the best thing or one of the best things about The Walking Dead, along with Carol. And oh, again, yeah. you know, female characters are prominent in that show, more prominent than the male after a while, because they just got dull, the blokes, just yeah. waving their pistols around, whereas the women were using their brains. So it was... Yeah, and, and anyone right. with a katana is instantly cooler than anyone with a gun. Everyone just knows that. Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. And Adora Milaje are incredible. They're really prominent. She had a really kind of niche-ish role in in, in Avengers: um, Infinity War. She had a, a role, but not as big as you know she could have been. But I think a lot of that Black Panther exploded before it'd come out and it'd all been shot. So it's kind of hard for them to know the, the reaction to that. And, and Shuri's another one, man. Like. What a performance, and you just expect her to be kind of stratospheric, just just catapulted into the, you know, into the forefront now because you think she's going to take the on the, the role of Q, don't you? Like in in the 007 films, it looks like she. I just might... think that'd be awesome if they managed to get it right, you but, know, because the big thing with Tony and, and Iron Man was 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 just the fact that it, he obviously developed for himself the suit. But he didn't ever have anyone developing for him, and, and he developed for the Avengers. Somewhat. Well, yeah, he he was you know. the kit man, and um, there was that really good scene from Spider-Man: Homecoming where Happy's loading up the jet. They've yeah, got the, talking about Cap Shield, Cap New Shield, and Thor yeah. Belt, and he's the one that's always put together the. You know, Captain America has had about seven different outfits. The majority of them, you, you get the impression, have been derived from from Stark Tech and going forward, if they can blend Stark Tech in with Vibranium, you know, and all the cool things that she can do, like when they're trying to take the stone out of Vision's head and she's like, well, why didn't you do it this way? And Bruce just stands there with his, his jaw almost on the floor that this 17-year-old girl is proposing this thing to him. And he's like, we, we never thought of it. And she, she scoffs at <laughs> him. Bruce Banner is regarded as being one of the most intelligent men in the world. And she's just taken the piss out of him. And yeah. yeah, like you say, she she needs to be cast to the front as like, what, you want new stuff? Oh, I've got stuff that I made when I was 12 that's better than what Tony Stark's been putting out for you guys. Now I'll go and dig out one of my high school projects. Yeah, um, she's just so charismatic as well, man. She had the best lines in Black Panther. She had even some of the best so moments where she, where she wasn't speaking, the bit where she flips him off just after he gets off. Yeah, no, I hundred percent, and I think that's the thing with all these films, right? In recent times, it would be hard to, you know, the focus is on on the male lead and the the main villain. Obviously, in Ragnarok, we had a uh, Kate Blanchett as Hela, and she was awesome. And she and again, that that was a huge piece of casting. We we said at the time when we did our yeah yeah our pods around that for for Kate Blanchett to to cross over and do a very very niche film not just a superhero film you know like batman which is really accessible no but, a, a taika waititi a, film. a, a taika waititi <laughs> weird sci-fi action adventure you've still not space seen comedy for the world of people have you you've not seen hunt for the world of people no just put it to the forefront of your list of films because it's brilliant and it's taika and it's just the next film i'm watching taika. is halloween because i'm going watching the re-release on tuesday nice so i'm watching um, that over the weekend but yeah for, you, for her to to be cast in that in that and to accept it just goes to show that she must have sat down with taika and just gone i would be stupid to not take this on and she put in one of the best villain performances she's talked about in the same breath as as loki 
and yeah. as, as Killmonger and of course as Thanos. It was like a god level, no pun intended, villain performance. It was great. And and the thing is with that film, it wasn't just her, it was it was Tessa Thompson as much as anything. Yeah, but Valkyrie had some real scene stealing moments where she you know, just, just being pissed and falling off the off the ship and she had so much <laughs> funny dialogue, but then at the end when she sobers up and she comes good and she unleashes that Valkyrie spirit, she's just yeah. tearing strips off the the undead army that hell has resurrected yeah and, and she's, she's just such a great character as well. it's the charisma man i mean that's the thing they managed to get out of that film everyone was magnetic do you know what i mean yeah. i mean thor chris Hemsworth delivered his greatest performance as thor and i think that kicked into infinity war and you just saw that kind of developed comedy. Had that swagger now didn't he thought yeah, didn't look exactly. so bumbling anymore. yeah exactly but tessa thompson's just such a huge part of that um, and it's confirmed, I think, that she will be in Avengers 4, which is ace. And there's also happens. now, she's. Uh, we're not going to talk about comics apart from a couple of little lines, and she's now being cast, or she's being depicted in um, a comic series. I forget the title that Marvel started a couple of months ago. And there's yeah. rumours going around that Marvel are exploring the possibilities of an all-female ensemble MCU film as in, a canon one featuring women characters from the rest of it. And that would be the likes of Valkyrie, Black Widow, the Wasp, you know, a lot of the prominent and Black Widow. Um, I think, I think the big Witch. thing that's, that's happening in Birds of Prey in the DC uh, universe, you know, and I think there may be a case that they think not get ahead of the game, but they'll probably want to kind of copy, you know? Yeah. The, the, you've got to be a bit naive to think that there's not an element of that because DC have got a lot of, not so much traction, but they've got a lot of positive response to the idea of them doing that. It's it's a franchise which is well thought of. Yeah. Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn performance was one of the only shining moments. From it Suicide was probably Squad. the only shining light of Suicide Squad, let's be honest. And, yeah. and you'll be pleased that they've cast Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. Yeah, Ramona Flowers, if you don't know. That's a... So, Ramona Flowers from Rory's favourite film, Scott Pilgrim. Yes. So, they've done some good casting with that. Yeah, Um, they have. No, it sounds positive. And there's a lot of good characters who've been depicted quite well. uh, Black Canary in in Arrowverse, you know, that kind of thing. So, there's some good characters to work with. Um, It's intriguing where they go about it. But I think Disney's obviously... Marvel have got... An equal, you know, strong number of people they can work with, and I, we mentioned comics briefly, and we'll touch on it. Um, Kamala Khan, who is rumored, Kevin Feige spoke about it, kind of a, a kind of prominent 21st century breakout in terms of comics. Um, she's is she Muslim? Yeah, it's Muslim yeah. by yeah, and she's a kind of teenage Peter Parker esque, bit nerdy. Um, she's a total looks, captain. She, it's one of those that the, the title of Miss Marvel is has been passed from the the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel used to be Miss Marvel and now Kamala Khan is Miss Marvel so you've got two people you know who have sort of shared the name but yeah. she's very fangirly she's she's I think she's only 16 17 and she's got completely different powers from Captain Marvel but Kevin Feige has sort of wink wink nudge nudge confirmed that at some point over Captain Marvel's run of films, we, which we still don't know how many that is, 
there's more than likely going to be a backdoor into a Miss Marvel franchise or she appears and then she goes off into an ensemble film or Young Avengers or something like that. But yeah, that that would be a huge one because it's, it's not just another female film, but it's another another film for representation. It's getting another non-white superhero out there. And you've only got to look at the reaction that the world had to Black Panther grossing 1.3 billion worldwide, which is incredible. It's one of only seven superhero films to cross the billion dollar mark. Three of those were Avengers films. Two of them were Dark Knight films. (laughs) So that, you know, when you look at the company that it's keeping, it's quite incredible that it's it's up there. And another one that before we we press on, briefly mentioned the Wasp. Um, Evangeline Lilly's been in two films, but she's only been the Wasp in one. And it was interesting to see her role in Ant-Man and the Wasp, where she was she was kind of like Scott's mentor, because Scott's been out of the game for, was it, about two years? Yeah. And he's really rusty, but in that time, her and her dad have been running around. They're, they're, they're on the lam, aren't they? They're trying to keep away from the FBI and all the various authorities and yeah she she's very much adapted to to that life and she's sort of taken on the role that they hoped that scott would take and then when he comes back she's having to show him how to do things she's an infinitely better fighter than he is she's got a scientific brain and she again i don't think they gave her quite as much to work with on the double billing as they could have done that's the one thing i would say with it so you you know is it's ant-man and the wasp and i know you know, but that is a double billing. That is is both the characters prominent, and I know people know Ant Man more because he's you know the original film and the kind of Civil War stuff. Um, but it would have been nice to. You don't see much of a background. You obviously have the flashback with a mom, and that's part of the story. Um, I love the second Ant Man film because it's just a fun film to watch. Um, I think that's what you take away from it as much as anything else. Um, and again, another female um, villain kind of of the piece in there with Ghost. Um, yeah. who is really well played but it there's more that can be had from wasp do you know what i mean like like you said the fight scenes are great and and you can see it, it get a scientific brain across a little bit but i th- i still think there's more they can do with that character if they choose to um i w- i would hope that the the way to squeeze more out of her is the from a scientific point of view yeah she, she's very clever and especially now we we know we we don't know in what capacity but we know that the quantum realm's going to be a huge part and at some point, her knowledge of of the quantum realm is is going to be useful to the rest of the team. You assume that she's going to be in there as the Wasp as well, rather than just as as Janet Van, uh, sorry, yeah. Hope Van Dyne. Yeah, you'd hope so. But again, again, you know, like we said, she is on the on the billing. She is there, you know, and kicking ass. And some great scenes between her and and Michael Pena as well. Um, as Louise, who we yeah, she just love. doesn't get Louise, does she? No, no, not many people, not many people get Louise. Louise is, is we do, is, we, uh, we, we yeah, of course we do. Yeah, I mean, I like to think we game more than anyone else. Like we're the biggest fan club going, but um, the, yeah, it has been. When you look back at the recent MCU films, you know, really prominent there. And I, I mean, if we switch over to DC, the main success of the DC kind of rebirth, relaunch, whatnot, 
is Wonder Woman, like far and above anything else that's come out. Do you know what I mean? I, I think um, if we move forward to it, Aquaman is going to do pretty well. It's got some stiff competition, Christmas release, Bumblebee's out around that time and, and whatnot. So it, it might not do as well as they hope, but they're marketing it well and it looks it looks interesting and it looks fun. Um, but you look at Wonder Woman and, and again, you look at Justice League for any of the positives. And again, she was probably one of the the major elements of that. Um, I don't think they gave a quite well, they didn't give anyone the right things to do in that film, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, it's not a, a bashing DC podcast. Um, but Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins in charge, just had everything right, maybe until the last act. But in terms of development of a character, in terms of that kind of intrigue they gave her, and the backstory, which I thought they nailed. Um, and it, it, it and, broke and some ground, didn't well. it? Both yeah. as a both from a director's point of view, isn't it the highest grossing film by a, a female, female director? director I mean, comfortably, comfortably. And, yeah. and it, um, it grossed eight hundred and twenty million worldwide, which is yeah. That, there are other prominent female directors, but not in a, a mainstream. You know, Catherine Bigelow is probably the one who's done various things in that that kind of. Um, Oh, what films has she done? I've been good up until this point, for fuck's sake. You keep talking, and I will come back to my random offshoot point. Um, yeah, so the, making that sort of money, as we mentioned before, it, it's really put out there and, and proven to people. There's no reason why a female-led superhero film cannot make money. At the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. Studios will, will greenlight any film that they think will make them enough money to it for it to be worth their while for it to finance the next one or to become the the cornerstone of an entire franchise everyone looks at what disney and marvel have done and gone shit i wish we could have done that nobody more so than dc you know we've said it time and time again i'm the the original dc fanboy but oh and we 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 happily will say the dc comics are incredible and they've got incredible material to work with but they've since Nolan struggled somewhat to live up to that, let's put it politely. They, they, they just don't have the same formula of director plus script plus cast equals ka-ching. One, one or more of those things, one or more of those links seems to be weak. And then the whole with thing... With the exception of Wonder Woman. With exactly. the exception of Wonder Woman, where everything worked. They got brilliant casting. They got a brilliant yeah. director, and the script was not perfect, but there are very few perfect scripts in the world, but it was very good. It had the action, yeah. it had the backstory, which there was a lot of time, which I was pleased with, spent on Themyscira, which was yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I think that's the part they really got right, and, and then the, the, the build-up with the you know the London things, it's when it got to the final act, it's think slightly lost its way, but I think from that the, seems the, the to be director's point of view... Most yeah, I think from a director's point of the, view, the fight with Aries. they just learn from that. There's some development to be taken from that, and and, and I think they'll move that going forward. Um, the next one is set in the 80s, and it looks there's only a few screen grabs and and whatnot, but it actually looks really cool. I think they're going to really nail it. Um, and, and that that and alone, that's you know, set pinning a dangerous a lot on precedent it. now because yeah. with with one making 820 million, a lot of people are now saying, well two has got to do better than that well the only way you can get better than that is you're pushing a billion and as i said before only seven 
superhero films before have ever cracked a billion and i think and it, it might yeah it might well do though man because it inspired a different generation it inspired a, a different gender in a lot of ways because i mean my little girl was too young and i'm kind of yet to introduce her to it she's kind of for her birthday she got a spider girl outfit because she does know you know um she's a lot of influenced by her brother and a Batgirl outfit which might come into prominence and whatnot yeah um, but she loves like things like teen titans she loves raven and starfire and starfire in particular because starfire in the teen titans is very pink and very awesome um and <laughs> insanely awesome powerful yeah exactly um and i think wonder woman's going to come into prominence for her because she's got into all this because a dad and a brother are into it you know and it's it's, it's nice. hard not to i i know people in their 30s yeah. that that went and watched wonder woman and came out and were posting about it saying they were like that's the soup you know they they love superhero films but yeah, saying yeah, yeah. that's the superhero film that seven-year-old me 10-year-old me 15-year-old me needed to see so they're sort of excited for the next generation and then the generation after that who will watch wonder woman in 15 years the way we watch the 1989 batman and go god damn that was that was like my awakening for batman that that would be the same and that's what you want for these characters like you want that for captain marvel you want that you know almost for the black widow standalone because it is a standalone film is the you know prominent lead film um and there's going to be a lot more to come from that you know i i think wonder woman opened a lot of doors it set a lot of precedents um briefly because my ocd will kill me if i don't catherine bigelow did zero dark 30 and the hurt locker so she does those kind of dark edge films and there's other people you know that have female directors but not that have grossed anything like that. And I think there's a lot of things that are are wrong with that, a lot of problems with that. Um, I mean, for the first time only, Mudbound is a film that came out on Netflix, really good film. Um, And it had a female cinematographer who was nominated for an Oscar, and that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, And I I just... Things do need to shift and do need to alter, and I don't think suddenly having female superheroes is going to change all that. But I think if you're getting female directors who will understand the characters better and you're giving those opportunities and the same with the production and, and, and it, it needs to change. Hollywood has had a big year in, in regards to that. And there's been a lot of shit that's come out of the woodwork and will continue to, I'm sure. Um, but these films hopefully are, are, are maybe just a small part, but a, a part of something that is changing the industry and changing the shape of it and changing what the audience demands. And I think that's what you said ultimately is, you know, even look into Star Wars, for example, and, and if we want to go to their Game of Thrones, um, and even if we want to go there, Stranger Things, the prominent characters for me, uh, you know, Ray has become kind of the the lead within you know at least the force awakens well she, she's become um, essentially this generation's luke skywalker hasn't she she's yeah. the she's she's the 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 new face of of that and that that sort of half backdoors into a something i was going to mention when we were talking wonder woman it's something that zara um asked if we were going to cover and i won't delve too deep she asked quite it. a lot of things so. yeah but she always does because she's our lovable puppy friend and there's nobody more excited about these things. She's done half my prep for me. She does, yeah. She you. came on our wonderful um, old school, uh, old old pod, Black Panther, uh, that we did. And 
I've never seen such preparation and dedication. Yeah, we've um, we've never received a dossier before from anyone. It was it, literally like was it twelve. Pages? It was like reading the Sokovia Accords. It was that extensive. I've never known anything quite like it. Yeah, and and she asked us if we were going to talk about some of the controversy around these things. And one of the first ones that came up was actually Wonder Woman because the film arguably would have grossed more if it hadn't been boycotted due to Gal Gadot's um, stint in the Israeli Defence Force. Yeah. Um, See, that is a strange, difficult subject because she's Israeli. It's it's mandated, if you're Israeli, to do. Yeah. You, you you have to do it. It's like Armed the forces, it, it's like the it's, Korean footballers. At some point before a certain age, you have to do it. And she was mostly as a trainer. She she sort of doesn't talk about it. But from what I've read, and I, I tried to read as much as I could around the time, I don't think she ever saw combat. But the no. fact that she was a member of the IDF was very controversial in certain countries. Like the what I think it was Lebanon refused to to screen the film. Because yeah. she was an Israeli, or they, they were casting her as like an Israeli war criminal, and she that that it sort of soured it a little bit, but it obviously didn't sour it for the majority of the global no, audience it because it still no. it broke down barriers, it, it it opened doors for hopefully you know years and years to come. Another example of that is. There's a Batwoman TV series being developed at the moment on CW, yeah. the home of the Flash, Green Arrow, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow. You know, their, their Arrowverse, as they've dubbed it, has been in total what they must be pushing for all the shows about 16, 17, 18 collective seasons. They're, you know, they're, they're going pretty yeah, strong. Like Greg, Greg Belanti's vision is doing very well. Uh, Batwoman was first of all announced as part of this year's crossover. And then almost straight away off the back of that, they said, right, well, she's also getting her own TV series. And Ruby Rose, uh, most notably for me from Orange is the New Black, but she was also in, was it John Wick? Yeah, but only briefly, I would say. And But she said that it was her role in John Wick that she thinks might have caught their eye because it was quite an action role and it maybe showed physically what she, she's capable of doing. She's got the look and got the action style. I, th- I think there is some question marks on her acting, but I, I think it's difficult to see what someone's going to be like until they get the right script and the right role. But I, I, I exactly. really think she's going to be good. Um, the, but the, she, she attracted a lot of controversy as well because anyone who doesn't know, Batwoman in the comics is a lesbian. She's a very open lesbian she's had relationships and obviously a lot of people don't like that and there's a lot of people are idiots people are arseholes and her casting um has attracted a lot of controversy now when i first saw it i thought brilliant um ruby rose identifies as gender fluid we're not going to go into you know, no, we are the, not going to go. Into but that. she identifies as gender fluid. She is neither male nor female. She, she is what she is. And I thought that was a great piece of casting because if they'd cast a straight woman as a lesbian character, there would have been the inevitable backlash of, well, you're not giving roles to LGBT um, actors and actresses. Yeah. So they give the role to 
a gender fluid actress and then straight away people are saying but she's not a lesbian and it she got hounded on oh, yeah. twitter as a result of this now bear in mind she's gone for a casting she's got the job she's won it fair and square and she's then been hounded off social media simply because she doesn't fit you know the boxed off image of well this is what one woman is so there's there's still that nastiness about it. I mean, I I tried to not read a lot of the comments because I knew it was going to be alpha male. Yeah, bollocks. and I think you would start making you would start fighting people and dropping C bombs left, right, and centre, which is which your style. I, it is my style, I, and I, I do it very I well. To, you do, yeah. It, again, it's another one of your strong um, stronger tributes. Arguably, my superpower. <laughs> yeah, that would be my it superhero is. name, C bomb. It probably would. Um, yeah, it really would. Um, it's difficult because I tend to stay away from that. And it's not because I don't care. I just, it would melt my brain with the amount of idiotic things I could read on Twitter. Oh, well, you know, pe- people are disgusting on, on Twitter and social media. They People have no concept of how things work in the real world. They They just have this thought process that, that person doesn't fit quite in my image in my tiny little brain. So I'm going to have a rant about it and I'm going to rant at the wrong random people and I'm going to make fights. I mean, and to flip it on, it's, and I've got, I've got to do this because of what we're talking about. Captain Marvel trailer. Did you see the infamous tweet about how many words were spoken by Brie Larson in the trailer compared to how many words were spoken by Nick Fury? Jesus or was that one bypassed Right, no. Okay, so somebody, um, female, who's been shouted down by men and women all over Twitter, um, had commented, that, and she'd counted the number of times uh, Captain Marvel had spoken and the number of times Nick Fury had spoken. Now, Nick Fury is narrating. He's introducing a character that's, oh that's brand new into the MCU. I can it's feel myself fucking, getting more It's stupid. a fucking trailer, for God's sake. Go and watch the film when it comes out and count the number of words, you absolute moron. Um, I'm not even joking. Like that, Wilson's staring at me. Even he can't believe it. I know, exactly. Even I mean, a dog doesn't understand how stupid that is. And And people do this shit and i think often they do it to cause controversy and and cause a stir and and try and maybe self-promote whatever bullshit they're 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 doing on twitter or they're generally just idiotic and they say things because they don't understand the world and how things work and it it makes me sad because people shouldn't be hounded out for doing their jobs man like if you don't like star wars because it doesn't fit your image then don't watch Star Wars. Don't World. watch the film. Do you it, know what I mean? Quite don't simple. watch the film. Don't get and in the car. What do you expect? Things to aren't going to be exactly as they were in the past. Things that's evolve. What, that's things something I love about um, Ryan Johnson. I love the yeah. fact that whenever people kick off, he's like, "Okay, what do you want me yeah. to do? Do you want me? Do you want me to make a Star Wars film based on what Twitter tells me? It'll be shit because it'll. Oh God, it'd be awful. Star Wars. It would be Empire Strikes Back part two <laughs> it, essentially it, it would be it would be it'd be going arse. yeah exactly it's a load of arse and, and black panther showed representation matters that was one of the huge hashtags around the time was yeah. representation matters and it, it does from a gender point of view from a a sexuality point of view from a skin color point of view yeah it, it really does and to to link back in with with batwoman there's also 
last I heard, a Batgirl film still being made, which would be really interesting because she is by far one of DC's strongest characters. Before I had to give up my wonderful 25 to 30 issues a month comic addiction, which honestly, it would have been better if it was on like heroin than being on that many comics. It probably would have been cheaper if I'd just developed a heroin addiction. You've definitely got a lot of shaking since the comic addiction. You know, since you had to give it up. You're not the same. Coming off comics was honestly harder than coming off Tramadol, which is basically heroin, (laughs) cousin. And Batgirl was one of the best titles I was reading. You know, you you think the Bat family sort of grows year by year. Yeah. But Batgirl has been there since... Not sort of day one, but maybe like day three. You know, she's been there since the early days of Dick Grayson as Robin. She's held her own as as Batgirl. She then, she gets paralyzed by the Joker. She then, oh, well, I'm just going to come back as Oracle. I'm going to be the eyes and ears of, you know, the Bat family. Then she's able through miraculous comic rewriting surgery. She comes back as Batgirl. She holds her own on a, a physical and a mental point. She, she holds her own alongside Batman, i.e. the world's greatest detective, and Nightwing, the man who many people think in the future should become the next Batman. And she really holds her own. So the thought of a, of a Batgirl film is brilliant, or a Batgirl TV series would be brilliant. I, I think, think a TV I'd, series would work really well. Yeah. I think it might work better as TV than, than film straight away. I think it might be a little bit more digestible in the yeah. way, you know, Flash and Green Arrow. If you'd done a Green Arrow film, I think it would have tanked. But It would have tanked big time. But Arrow, the series, has done, on the whole, very well. Uh, it's been, yeah, 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 yeah. Shush, you. Shush, sorry. Yeah. I know you're very... So anyone, again, new to this, Stu is extremely loyal. And it's a very nice quality of Stu. We're talking a lot about your qualities this evening. Um, is this a job interview? Is someone listening? Uh, it feels like it. If it's um, Chris Evans, I love you. If it's Chris Hemsworth, I love you. But it is you, you are extremely loyal to these shows, even if they're a bit shit. And that's fine. Right, you're on a yellow card, mister. That's fine one, as well. One more outburst and you're off this call and I'll finish <laughs> you this episode. You could kick me off myself. and you would just talk. Oh, did you just say you finished yourself off? <laughs> no, I said I'll finish this myself. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I was going to say that was so the title of your sex tape then. Oh, um, okay, you pulled it back. Yeah, I did slightly. Okay, <laughs> well, that's even more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is taking a really bad turn. Yeah, um, well, it, it would be it would be maybe a little bit more. I mean, you, you never know with, with the DC Universe, the streaming service that they've done. Titans has started. They're doing Harley yep. Quinn. They're doing Swamp Thing. That might be a good place. I mean, it's too late now because they are, as far as I know, they are doing Batgirl. But you never know during the process. Maybe during the creative yeah, process. Yeah, things do evolve this, and develop. And, th- and this I think with having work. streaming services and whatnot, things are going to change over over the course. And let's be honest, things don't stay the same at DC from one day to the next. No. So we will see what happens there. But you I never mean, know. It could be that they start writing this story and they go, you know what? This arc is brilliant. Yeah. We can't tell this in two hours, but we could tell this in 10 hours. Yeah. You know, or no, no, eight no, no, or exactly, something like that. Exactly. And, and that would be There's a nice logical scope way. For things like that. And there is some development with, I mean, Netflix certainly do that. I know they've converted yeah. things from films to series and reverse. Um, 
There's not much to talk about on the small screen in terms of Netflix. Jessica Jones is a great character. We talked about it before. Second series is crap. But the first series, and, and as, 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 as an actual actress and what she delivers, Kristen Ritter is awesome. Yeah, we love um, Kristen Ritter. Absolutely adore her. I think she's, she's, she's wicked. And she's just got that kind of really dark sense of humor and, 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 and again, just massive, massively charismatic. Well, you know who the logical um, next person to talk about if we're talking Marvel, Net- Marvel Netflix female yeah. superheroes? It's got to be Colleen. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think we haven't really done a new section, but we've covered a lot of ground. Iron Fist has been cancelled. There is going to be no season three of Iron Fist. Iron Fist will appear in other of the Netflix shows that are continuing. And that's been uh, confirmed, hasn't it? They, they've said it's not the end of Iron Fist, the character, it's just the end of And I think that's kind of fair show. enough. Because as much as uh, as much as the second series was somewhat of a form of redemption and it, it just it, it hasn't quite lived up to its potential. I'm and just pissed right. off that we're not going to get the the payoff from that stuff at the end. But yeah, I I agree. But you might then see that in the crossover stuff that it, they it's do. Potentially so cool. that they now go full gun with heroes for hire and yeah. daughters of the dragon of Colleen and Misty Knight and Northern. And if they did that, I'd be much happier with that. Than, I would be. I would, you know, I would as well because yeah, season two of Luke Cage was poo. Season two of Iron Fist was good, but if you put Heroes for Hire together, that's like full-on comic adaptation. That's what people... And, and we said the do. two best characters out of those shows were, were Colleen and Misty in the yeah. second series, certainly. And especially the because... chemistry between them. And you've got to think, the way they paired them up, the way they built the relationship up, and the amount of time they seemed to get together. And they yeah. made a point of, you know, we never hang out, you know, and like, Misty was telling her what she likes to eat when she's on a stakeout and when she's doing things late at night. Yeah. You know, they were really building that. And I, I sort of wonder now with, with a bit of 2020 hindsight, did they already know that maybe season three wasn't going to happen in this way as in Iron Fist season I three? Think and they, they were pushing them towards yeah. the Daughters of the Dragon? Because otherwise, it, it's a it's a big bit of foreshadowing. They, they would have made that call a, a long time ago. And I think the other prominent person in all of the Netflix shows who isn't a superhero is uh, Claire Temple, Rosario Dawson's character. Um, and she's kind of been less used. I think she'll go on to maybe do different things and go back into mainstream film a bit they, more. They've sort um, of confirmed that she's she's out. She She's yeah. not sort of left, but she's... But Gone again, away a little bit. probably the, the most consistent character and the greatest character they've had and, and greatest actor, I'd say, they've got in the whole process. And she she um, was, the, we said before, haven't we, when we've done the other shows um, about the, the other series, she was always the 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 twine that, that threaded yeah. everything together. The whole Marvel Netflix universe genuinely seemed to rotate about her. She was the one that really... And Luke Cage went to shit together. when she wasn't in it. <laughs> I'll be honest. Luke and she, she was one of the standout bits of, of the first season of Daredevil, wasn't she? Because oh, that was 100%. when we saw Daredevil at his most sort of vulnerable and his most yeah. violent. And she was literally sticking him back together with staples and super glue oh. and anything she could get her hands on. And she was like, it was like she was doing triage in a, in a battlefield. And it, it's a shame that we're not going to see more of that, but I'm pleased that they're saying, well, she was a superhero in this way. Well, here's Misty Knight, this super cop with a robo yeah. arm. And here's Colleen Wing, who is now an Iron Fist oh, in her own right. She's incredible. You know, and 
it, and she's the only one that really made that series respectable in a lot of ways. I, I, I think both from an action were always and wrong, and an acting point of view. She Jessica Henwick's a good actor, but she's a yeah. great fighter. And again, she does a lot of her own stunts. She's done an incredible amount of sword work. Yeah, to 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 be comfortable. And even though we didn't see her using the sword that much in the second season, she was never without that that sword in the first. Yeah, she no, does a she, lot she was of that, great. Which always uh, makes me think of Daisy Ridley. Whenever you yeah, saw yeah. The, the behind the scenes oh. of Force Awakens, the amount of work she did with swords and sticks and staffs was yeah. incredible. And she's getting battered, you know, getting smacked on the arms and the, the stomach and the legs. And it's like, right, okay, we go again and again and again until you get See, it right. See, that kind of reminds me as well. Like, I briefly touched on Game of Thrones and I wasn't thinking of Khaleesi I was thinking of Arya Stark as much as anyone Um, because again the development in that character and the fact that she's so prominent and she's risen from being a really young child actor into obviously still a child actor but a really awesome one when she has that fight scene um, in the last season of Game of yeah it's just amazing that that fight scene was I mean that that fight scene is one of my favorite scenes of the whole show yeah exactly the the look the little wry smiles that they both have when brienne's looking at her like holy shit how did you do that and she's (laughs) look and ari's looking back at her like huh it's nice to actually have someone can spar with who's not completely beneath me and you know she's gone from being this scraggly you know mistaken for a boy little tramp character she's now you know, a little tramp. Well, she was, wasn't she? She was living as a tramp in in King no, Landing, and and now she's this. She's the face. She's one of the the faceless men. She's an assassin, yeah. and from what we gather, she's going to have quite a big role in the last season. Well, yeah, and there's going to be a lot of people got... that that aren't going to recognise her as like, well, you're not little Arya anymore. Who the fuck are you? Well, you exactly. saw the bit when in that well, you scene saw again, Sansa, man. Sansa yeah. was looking at her, wasn't she? Uh, she was watching them fight in the yard, oh. and she was looking as if it was a stranger. If if Arya doesn't meet Cersei at one stage, I will be very disappointed because mm. it's it's it'll be full circle, you know, um, with what went on. So it'll be very intriguing what they do with that. But um, like I said, you know, and, and I briefly mentioned Stranger Things because you've got those four young boys that everyone loves, but Eleven's a key character in all of it. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing. Like, the female characters are kind of becoming the most prominent in, in series that everybody loves and in films that everybody loves. And I think it has been a process and it's taken a lot of time, but it, it seems to be the thing that's going to happen into the future. And you've got some really good characters to work with. Like we've mentioned a lot about what DC can do. And I think the same with when X-Men moves across. That, that's the big thing, man. You know, like you said before, and, when, you know, they, they, they've confirmed that certain aspects of the Fox deal, like Deadpool is going to stay in his own little area because they've got yeah, no yeah, plan yeah. to soften the character down. But the fact that they can bring the X-Men and the Fantastic Four but especially yeah. the X-Men, I, I agree with you. I would say if you were to break it down, you, you might not have a 50-50 split, but you've got a no. huge female uh, percentage of yeah, the, maybe the X-Men not 50-50, heroes. But you've got, you've got obviously Mystique, you've got Rogue, you've got Storm. But the big um, one is Jean Grey. If you look at her, she's like Omega-level mutant yeah. with this huge cosmic power. 
that terrifies everyone across the entire universe. Everyone afraid of the Phoenix Force. And so, I'm a bit nervous they're going to butcher the the Dark Phoenix film next year. I just. But as soon as the buyout goes through, it'll be non-canon, won't it? Because the MCU I think they're going to have to reset. Um, and and I they mean. Will. I'm fairly There's... sure that when they, they'll do some kind of a crossover to introduce the idea of mutants, because that's the other key thing. At no point in the MCU can they use the phrase mutant no. until that Fox deal goes through. And yeah. I, I'm hoping that they're going to go back and explain Scarlet Witch, another yeah. huge, mega powerful female superhero. They'll actually Scarlet be able to Witch go is back getting a say, TV show on the Disney thing. So yeah. they're doing a kind of spin-off. And, and there's and a it, couple of other characters before we close. I The key thing about that Scarlet Witch about, thing is, though, yeah. it's the MCU version. It's not a recast. It will be Elizabeth Olsen. And yeah, it's yeah, this yeah. version, it's not like a parallel timeline or an No, it's the same dimension. with Huddleston when they do it, the Loki thing that they're doing. It's this version, yeah. so it's going to be the character from Age of Ultron on the small screen for like 10 episodes, and yeah. that's going to be cool as fuck. But I just hope that when the deal goes through, they can actually explain that she's a mutant rather than... Because they've never said where she got her powers from, and I think in the back of their minds, they were always thinking, one day we'll get to say the M-word. Yeah, and, and do it properly. Do you know um, the one character that came to me earlier when I was kind of looking and reading about these things that I would thought the future I would love to see be developed around if they're bold enough to do it is is Daphne Keane, is Laura from Logan. Well, I I had her written down in my notes. She got very very high praise for the role in in Logan. The only yeah. problem with that is because of the way the timeline set, you know, that was set oh God, the excellent 50, is the place 60 anyway. years in the future. So everyone in the MCU, apart from the Asgardians is dead. You know I mean? Maybe it's just, if they do it, I know they're doing new mutants anyway, aren't they? But it's allegedly the X force or would it be the X 24? Oh, I don't know. It's hard well, to keep it, up. With it's an interesting kind of way stuff. of doing it. Cause if I, I don't see a way that they could do the Daphne King version, unless they literally just transplanted her into the current timeline. But if they wanted to go down that route and do X-23 yeah. as her own character, they do Wolverine, but then they do the death of Wolverine, you know, death in inverted commas, because it lasted yeah, yeah, about yeah. four or five years. He says, as I'm staring at a stack of comics that I haven't read, where he comes back. Um, and in that time, she became Wolverine. And she was one, over the last sort of four or five years, she's been one of Marvel's strongest properties. The all yeah. new Wolverine title has been flying off the shelves. And I would be amazed if Kevin Feige, Mr. Marvel himself, hasn't noticed that and hasn't got, you know, a little a little sketchbook somewhere and he's just written down X twenty three question mark question mark. And yeah. and now the deal's going through. He sort of underlined it and circled it a few times and they'd be stupid to not be looking at it because Logan did so well and Daphne Keane did so well. Yeah. Is there and, a and way that's the thing. of, of and getting it's, her it's, in? It's with all these characters. Like, I think what we hope and I think what we, we predict will happen is that it's not just about the money. It's about the prominence. I think you, you, you've mentioned that a lot of the times with Black Panther and its significance, not just in terms of what it took at the box office. And, and it's the same with the kind of female characters we're talking about. And I, I hope we, and, I, and it will happen because it is happening now and it will continue to, that they just realize that 
not everyone will just want to play with an Iron Man toy or a Thor toy. They'll want to play with Captain Marvel toys and they'll want to do this and that. And, and you know, it's not just about little boys and their superheroes and their comics and their, you know, nerding out on the internet. It's it's a mix. It's 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 everyone that enjoys these films. It's it's it's, it's as much balanced audience as you'll get. Do you know what I mean? And it's all generations and it's all, you know... I'll be just as excited to take my daughter to a film as I would my son. There's no difference. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing there that would divide them in going, well, she can't like that because she needs to like, I don't know, princesses and whatnot. Oh, I've, I've already said this, haven't you know? I, several times, you know, children in, in my future, boy or girl, they're growing up like in comics. I, I don't care. You know, he he will go Just, and watch Wonder Woman seven, and she will go and watch Spider Man forty two. I I don't care. They will they will like comics, or they will live in the shed. Yeah, and that's fine. That's a great way to parent. It's it's threaten the garage or the shed, and if shed not, first. you just come round garage. to our way of thinking. Garage is like a developmental thing because there's loads of space in the garage, and the garage has got electricity, so that's yeah, a bit that's of a luxury. A d- that is a luxury. We're, we're not on to the luxury yet. No, they can go in the Wendy house. We can't afford it. Um, we could talk about this for a while. We've talked about this for a long time already. I think for us, we're just excited about the future of female superheroes. We're really proud of, of where they've gotten to so far, but we kind of want to see more of that. And not just in front of the camera. It's it's behind the camera. It's in it's all aspects for me that, that are prominent with this. And I think Patty Jenkins holding out for that deal as long as she did and getting as much money as she possibly she could. She was very, very savvy. Cause it, yeah, it's, it's really important. Because it, it was really all is. linked, because Gal Gadot had already said, I'm not doing Wonder Woman 2 unless Patty yeah. Jenkins, because they only signed them all up for one film, which was risky, but you can see why. Because if you sign someone to a six-film deal and it tanks, oh, God, yeah, yeah. you're fucked. You're really, really in trouble. But then you have this $800 million film what people want the sequel, people are chomping at the bit, but then you've got to really up the pay of the director, you've got to up the budget, and then you've got to make sure that the uh, the main character is is happy. Yeah. And and they're doing good stuff behind the scenes as well with, oh, what are they called? Is it um, like equality waivers or representation waivers where a certain percentage of the cast has got to be female, a certain percent, yeah. sorry, uh, of the crew has got to be female, a certain percentage have got to be from man- uh, minority yeah, or non-white. That, that is, they are moving forward. They're, they're trying to be so progressive works. about yeah. it and hopefully the film will be a success, but hopefully the film will also be applauded for the the other things it's doing off screen and you know away from the limelight. Yeah, I completely agree. Um you can give a nice, if anyone's still listening, um, nice little outro, I guess, on the whole where people can find us and what people need to do to support us. Yeah, um, you already hopefully know by now we're at let's underscore talk underscore pods on Twitter. I'm sorry, I know it's a mouthful. Uh, you can get the episodes by going to letstalkpods.com, which will take you to our temporary um, podcast site. Uh, we're also Let's Talk Pods on Instagram, but we don't really use it that much. We just put it up there, so it's another you know, advertising board for us. Uh, as much as possible, please, if you follow, if you can share, if you can leave us reviews on iTunes, that would be really, really appreciated. And above all else, uh, please keep interacting. As we said, this was a suggestion from two of our friends. 
we've already got a list written down of some of the other suggestions that people have given us. We we will do podcasts for whatever people want us to do, you know, within reason. TV, films, games, music, comics. Fire ideas at us and we'll do what we can when we can. Um, yeah, thanks exactly. to everyone. And we do genuinely yeah. appreciate it. And, and it's nice because people are... The, the big thing for me about doing this, and I'm not going to go on a big monologue because we'll be here for fucking ever. It's, it's just a case that... It's nice that people are going, this is what I liked from my childhood. Can you talk about this? Or this is what I like now. Can you talk about this? This is what I've got going on in my head. And the big thing for me is they're going, I like the way these guys talk about this stuff. So I want to hear them talk about a subject I love. And that means a lot more to us than you could actually put into words. Oh, yeah. It's flattering as hell. Like I, I did a little poll before asking if people would prefer us to do long Short episodes or split them up yeah. only 21 votes but everyone said they prefer long podcasts that they can get the teeth into oh, well i'm the same as well man i listen to a lot of podcasts i appreciate the art form of what it is uh i Holy don't think cool do you know what i've just realized <laughs> yeah we need to do a win for the competition yeah we do we'll announce it on twitter because yeah, we'll do that draw you know. over um, in the next few days hopefully over the weekend yeah, and it's to win a really cool sign, uh, not sign, but um, really cool picture, which is a 3D artwork. And I got some stuff made for my son and this guy is awesome. Um, we've linked enough to it on Twitter. Please check it out and um, check out all his work. He's he's really linked to what we do in terms of pop culture and retro and it's really cool. So, yeah, we are, we are going to do that. We are going to come back every week. We've got probably Daredevil to cover because Daredevil Season 3 drops tomorrow, today, when you're listening to this, if you are nice enough to listen on day one. Um, And there's all sorts of stuff coming out. It's a big time because as we get towards winter, you know, everyone wants to hibernate and watch telly and play games and listen to music. I've got both hands raised in the air because by the time this goes out, hopefully I'll have have watched at least half of Daredevil. (laughs) Yeah, because you clearly do a lot of work. Um, I will have not, but this weekend and whatnot, I have lots of time planned if I can to to watch it because it is going to be exceptional. Um, Thank you very much as always for joining us and for sharing and, you know, keep interacting, keep in touch and we will be back with you next week.